when you really look at the water industry and you're really in it, you know that like other people don't know, right? And it's like, I might not know, but I bet I know someone who does and I can get you your answer. And I can break down that answer so it's digestible to you. So that excites me a lot. Um, I just find this industry to be so genuine to its core. I think if like the water industry was a person, I would say it's like a shy person that like wants to be friends, but isn't gonna reach out to you first. But once you're in, it's like really awesome. So, you know, I think the water industry needs communicators. It needs former journalists. Go ahead and take a chance on your local news anchor, offer her a job, him a job. And, you know, use that person that already relates to the public in your area and, and, and spread your message. Welcome to What Are We Talking About? a podcast produced by Water Online. Hosts Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo, will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. So today we have Andrea Hay, the Director of Communications at Green Bay Water. Andrea, thank you for joining. We found you on LinkedIn and you posted something that Jim and I absolutely loved, which effectively was calling out our sector for using flowery language and using buzzwords and not communicating to our constituents in an effective way. So that's why we wanted you on. Right. I and love I love that angry jargon is what caught your attention. Yeah. I love that. And, and also, do. yeah, I'm sorry, Andrew. And also the reason the reason we also wanted you on was you, you got a very interesting background. Uh, most of our guests have started in the water space and become better communicators, you know, through that that realm. But you, you started, you got a, uh, a, uh, a master's degree in journalism from NYU. You worked as a reporter uh, for a newspaper, a TV anchor, and now you've moved from that space into the water industry. And we really want to learn more about that journey, why you chose that direction. And we're really happy to have you because we really, as, as the, the whole idea of the podcast, is we want people to be to do a better job of communicating uh, the the value of water. So please uh, tell us about this journey and why I hate jargon. Um, so okay, I'll start at the beginning. I hope this doesn't get long winded, but like my goal in life was to be investigative journalist. So I go to school in NYU, but it was that time frame of like 2008, 2009, and the the market crashed. So I was wrapping up my master's degree and I know, you know, the, the little catch here and we'll get to that in a second, but I was, um, I was an intern at CNN international in the United nations. I'm like living the dream world leaders, Obama, Gaddafi. I met Afghanistan's president. It was crazy and exciting, but when I was done and graduated, no one was hiring, even people with a lot of experience. So I ended up moving from New York city to Nebraska because that's who would hire me. And I, I got a job on the airwaves because that's kind of how you start bopped around. You said I was writing for the New York Post and then my hometown, Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's not where I was born or anything, but like that's where I went to high school. But anyway, they came calling with a contract. They moved me back to the Midwest. And um, eventually 
And it's happening everywhere, not just Green Bay. So if you're watching this, you work at my old station in Green Bay. Well, I love you. But they're laying off photographers and they're they're saying do a lot more with a lot less. And I was kind of upset with the industry. I still am when it comes to that. Um, but this job pops up, director of communications at Green Bay Water Utility, and it's exciting. And it's, it wasn't even on my radar. I was never going to leave news. I mean, someone sent it to me and, uh, as an aside, kind of like, I wish I qualified for this. <clears throat> it was like 10 years industry experience. They want this, this, this. They want, they want you to know about the water industry. And I go, I am applying for this job because what I left off the story was at NYU, so in the journalism program, the master's program, you don't have a master's thesis. You have like a long form investigation. It's very taxing. All the topics are assigned. So my assignment was the New York City Water Board. And at the time I thought it was like the worst assignment. Like I'm like <laughs> water rates and conservation and conserving increases water rates. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I, like, sorry to anyone. I hope this is not offense, but I was like, this is so boring. Other people are uncovering like real scandals and I cannot wait to graduate. So lo and behold, 10 years later, all my time sitting in those New York city water board meetings ended up being like my ticket into the water industry. And it's like the world opened its doors to me on how important and undervalued this industry is. It's like America's best kept secret water utilities and how they function and don't use tax dollars and keep whole cities and economies running. So that's kind of my how I got into water story. It's you mentioned that that <laughs> I have to laugh because you were, you know, as a student, you were like, oh my God, this is the most boring thing I could have ever, you know, been handed. And in many cases, water is not, it's not sexy. It's not a sexy industry. I mean, we're dealing with it can. Pumps. It can. So that's what I want to ask you about. Like, tell us a bit about what what has gotten you excited and how you're bringing that excitement to the communications around the work that you're doing now. So I feel like, well, one of the most exciting things, because I really want this, I could talk forever. I told you, I warned you guys about this. I could talk forever. And I know you want to keep a 20 minute podcast. So I'm like, what's the most useful to your viewership or your listenership? But it's like, I love the water industry so much because when you work in network news, sharing is not caring. You Sharing equals fire. <laughs> And it's like the, the water industry is like sharing is caring. We share leads, we share information, we keep track of all the laws. And it's such a relief to have this huge network across the globe. And I always say like, so I came into this not knowing a lot, like when you really look at the water industry and you're really in it, you know that like other people don't know, right? And it's like, I might not know, but I bet I know someone who does and I can get you your answer. And I can break down that answer so it's digestible to you. So that excites me a lot. Um, I just find this industry to be so genuine to its core. I think if like the water industry was a person, I would say it's like a shy person that like wants to be friends, but isn't going to reach out to you first. But once you're in, it's like really awesome. So, you know, I think the water industry needs communicators it needs former journalists. Go ahead and take a chance on your local news anchor, offer her a job, him a job. And, you know, use that person that already relates to the public in your area and, and, and spread your message because there's nothing more important than water and, and, and making sure we're trusted by the public and, and the public knows our value because they don't. Andrew, what, what platforms would you recommend that to use in getting these messages out? We talked about LinkedIn, but what, what other platforms are you using to really get the message out? 
Oh, see, I was not prepared for this question because this is a tricky one. Because at my core, I learn the most and I get the most from TikTok, hands down, the most. But you won't find me really making TikToks. You won't find me um, even my water utility, you know, like I think the time investment that goes into making something so simplistic and catchy is very difficult and very few people can master it. And if they do, they have to spend a lot of time doing it. So that's where I learn the most. I can tell you that hands down. Um, I don't know about platforms. They change, you know, we have to like, there's an ebb and flow to everything. And, and, and they, I, I hate when, when they, there are so many marketing webinars that are like, you really need to focus on this and use two hashtags and boost it to $40 on Facebook and post it this time. I don't believe in that because I believe that these platforms are changing all the time. So there's really no perfect formula. I will tell you, I use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn. I am on TikTok. It's really not anything. I don't do TikTok really, but that's where I learn the most. Does that answer your question at all? <laughs> sure. No, it's it's good good information. I mean, you can't be everywhere, right? I mean, you've got to take a focus, and that's how you know Adam and I always look at things. And so the ideas that you give to people, pick pick one, and also stay stay abreast of the the changing ways people are communicating, um, so that you, you're not irrelevant. Absolutely, I think the number one thing I found in people that are um, successful is that they're adaptable. I like that. And it, it makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately, I feel like, especially on the regulated side, we aren't always able to adapt or be incredibly flexible when it comes to comms. But I'm curious if you have any personal experiences of where it's gone really well, or you know of other places where communications efforts have gone really well and you can point to it and say that is the shining example of what our industry should be doing. Yes, I can. And it's Louisville. <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky has the greatest water comms program ever. And let me tell you why I'll never be Louisville, Kentucky here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So Wisconsin has some of the strictest water regulations in the country. And I believe that to be true. I'm happy to be fact-checked if someone has better information, but like Wisconsin was the first to ban like pesticides. We were the water for the, we were the, the, the model for the Clean Water Act. Definitely among the first states to have like comprehensive water protection laws. Um, and, but this is what I'm getting to is that we can't raise any water rates without a full scale rate case that's decided by our state regulators known as the Public Service Commission. So they banned water utilities like mine from using any rate payer dollars to advertise. So they have a definition that means for me, if I want to go and hand out refillable water bottles in the classroom, from my understanding is I can't put my logo on that if I paid for it using our budget. So we could never be a sponsor of an event by setting up our water table and handing out bottles, which is common all over the United States, like Louisville. Psh, amazing. Just check out what they're doing with their comms program. It's amazing. But I see both sides of like why you wouldn't want to do that. I mean, there are people who cannot afford water and you don't want to be doing something extravagant or unneeded with their ratepayer money. But I just know it makes a lot of, you know, limitations for me. Um, like I said, Louisville, full swag mascots. They're really well known in their communities. People trust and love them. Um, I have to use other means and I'm just one person. I have a lot to accomplish learning and, and like trying to get partnerships maybe with a school or grants and 
still following that law and making a name without using that traditional branding model. And everything has to have an element of education. And one of the things I hope our lawmakers know is that the alternative is that people who don't speak English, for instance, we know they're drinking and buying bottled water because they do not realize that it's safe. And we hear that from WIC, we hear that from um, the, the county and in the schools. And I think taking home a refillable water bottle, showing it to their families, like, look, I got this at the utility. It's the same one you pay the, the water bill to. It has the same logo on it. They told me it was good and safe to drink the water we get from our tap. You know, I think that is a justifiable use of the logo, but we can't make that connection. You know, um, people are just confused. And I think branding and advertising is something we need to re-identify and not be so traditional when our lawmakers, they're still strongly opposing it in 2022. I, I know the, you guys see the world is online for all to see, and we have to identify ourselves a little stronger. You're listening to the What Are We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals, showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders. Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. Now, you had some interesting ideas on the ways that um, vendors could engage with utility personnel at trade shows. Can you share a little bit with that uh, about that, Andrea? Yeah, I think what I want to do is share the biz- biggest success story I know of at this very utility I work for. Um, so our operations manager, longtime water engineer here, Brian Powell, he's walking through the expo at ACE. If anyone's ever been to ACE, it's, it's American Water Works Association. This year's in Texas. Hit me up if you want to chat over coffee or anything like that. But anyway, he's walking around the expo hall and it's like this solutions-based message on a banner is how I could summarize it. Like if you're having trouble finding leaks in your water system, we can solve your problem. I mean, it was a pitch to use a satellite that was invented to find water on Mars. And so Brian, our operations manager, he's talking to the people at the booth for a really long time. And I'm just going to cut to the chase here, but we have given them a lot of money now. And it was well worth our time because Brian, so we contracted this satellite leak detection program. They can detect when there is drinking water, like treated water in the ground. We've never been able to do that before. We had never been able to find those leaks. So Brian ended up getting not just us, but other Wisconsin, we're kind of a regional service provider, other Wisconsin utilities to get on this regional contract to purchase a leak map. I'm not using the jargon. I'm saying leak map because that's the most comprehensive way I can say that, but that was such a win for us. And I ended up joining in and writing a professional article about it. And then the company, which is the company is called Utilis. They caught wind of it. They're now, now asking Brian to speak at other, you know, to other potential customers about how it worked for us. And I just think, first of all, we're grateful for their product. So if that happens to you and you're at an expo, I mean, tell a personal story, ask someone like Brian to, uh, to talk to people for you. I mean, I walk up to people at expos. I talk to everyone, but too many times you walk up to someone 
And I'm like, oh, tell me about your company. And they're like, well, Andrea, we were founded in 1895. And it's like a history lesson. It's like, again, I'm going to be very just blunt here. And I know the New Yorker on the call isn't going to mind, but it's like, <laughs> no one, no one cares. No one cares. You were founded in 1895. It's like, you need to start with that problem that you solve. The first words out out of your mouth should be whatever the big scary problem is, which always catches people's attention. If it bleeds, it leads. Am I right? And then you explain how you come in to save the day, how your company goes in and solves problem. It's like no one cares you were founded in upstate New York and expanded to three districts or your technologies from Israel. Like what problem are you solving? You know what I mean? Right. I think the important part of the story that you also told is the idea that the company was smart enough to realize that rather than that having them tell the story, they got a person from utility to use that as the case study. And now he's telling the story, giving the testimonial rather than the company touting the product themselves. Right. I mean, that's 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 another key part of the story. I think that is a key part. And I'm going to make another plug about jargon here, because it's like, imagine if utilists just relied on their own experts to tell the story. It's like people don't know what you're talking about. I can promise you that. I sit through municipal and state and, and, and regulator meetings at all levels. And, and I watch the people we elected to make our decisions and they don't know about water and they don't know about law and they don't know about health and they're not engineers. And I don't blame these people, but it's like, it's our fault for not explaining. Use someone like me to help tell your story, you know? And, and I'm just like on this crusade to just kind of dumb everything down. And Brian's a smart guy, but he's going to talk to someone at his level at, at a utility better than probably anyone at Utilis probably could. I also like the fact that they had a they had a banner that had that we'll call it their like problem and solution very clearly written because a lot of vendors don't right they might they might have like their you know they're we always pick on the pump people there's like a giant pump on the floor or you know like the big banner with the name but they don't talk about the value that they're bringing so to me that's a differentiator i know it's what what are you doing to solve someone's problem right like that's why all these vendors probably exist. They're probably solving a problem. It's such a it's such a good point. It's I I love that. I love that. So I'm I'm interested to know your work at the utility. Are you how have you sort of taken that mantra of the problems that we're solving for the community in regards to clean water, public health, et cetera? How are you communicating that as the utility to the public? Okay, so again, I'm the director of communications for Green Bay Water Utility. So we are a Lake Michigan source water utility. We're the third largest drinking water utility in the state. <clears throat> and really, so they were already industry leaders before I came in here. It's just that people didn't know about it. So when it comes to like removing all of our lead service lines by choice before we were ever mandated to do that, we saw, you know, the people who worked here and the powers that be, they saw the writing on the, the wall to kind of get the lead out. And when I came in, I just connect, like, I say yes to everything. That's why I'm on this call right now. So I get on the phone with the EPA and tell them what we're doing. And it sounds crazy. Like, why would you call up the EPA? Because whatever, what's the worst they could say? No. Okay. So long story short, I, we were recognized by the EPA and former EPA administrator, Andrew Wheeler came here to Green Bay, surrounded by the secret service 
to sign the new lead and copper rule at a press conference that I set up all by myself. And we got all that let out in 2020. We had another press conference. We had the, the water chief come in from the EPA then. Um, you know, it's like, it only grew from there. And it's like, really, they're doing great work. And this is really just an example of everything that's going on in the water industry. I feel like these water utilities are working double overtime, smart, genius people. And it's like, no one knows what you're doing. And like, they don't know why it matters. <laughs> so like, I've just kind of grown and said yes and grown my connections from there. And those connections have gotten me a long way. So like I'm I'm now on the um, the Public Affairs Council for the American Waterworks Association. That's the world's largest drinking water association. And I just kind of pinch myself every day. I hope to work in the water industry because, until I die, really, because there's really nothing more important. And this is this is the most secure job. We're always going to need water. We're always going to know the need to know the importance of water. Water's in the headlines right now uh, for perfluorinated compounds. People are interested. People don't understand it. So we need more water communicators. Yeah, that's great, Andrea. So one of the things you shared with us was the power of virtual tours of utilities. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and you know how you see that being used to really tell water story? Yeah, so I'm trying to remember what this was because I think I gave you bad information, but it's like, let me, okay. So I think I told you it was Santa Barbara but it actually was Santa Clara, California. Okay. So what I'm trying to, okay, let's <laughs> go back to this kind of like sharing is caring message because the water industry is so giving. We share public information and in campaigns. Like for example, we flushed the water in our mains. It's called unidirectional flushing UDF. We shared our whole campaign with Fort Worth. Louisville shared with me how they write their bill in plain English and what you're referring to is I hopped on a call with uh, the Valley Water System, and they explained how they do this amazing virtual tour of this ginormous water system that if you were to tour it in person, it would take a really, really long time. Um, and I, I think that's just kind of an example, especially as your listeners are looking at the water industry in new and innovative ways. It's like, how can you be accessible to someone and share your knowledge? I think that sharing of knowledge ends up making the industry just stronger as a whole. And I really like that, how well we work together on right. that. And, and you're, you're exactly right. You know, we always talk about this, that it's much more difficult to share case studies with industrial type of applications because there's a competitive nature. I mean, a brewing company doesn't want to share what they're doing with their water with, the, with their competitor because that's a competitive advantage they have. But it doesn't really matter. Green Bay, you're not competing against Louisville. Louisville's not uh, competing against Santa Clara. So there's more of this reason to share good practices, good management uh, technology, all, all the ideas that you mentioned. And, and that's one of the things that we really think that can be done in a more effective way is share this, this common information so that everybody can benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so grateful to people in the water industry. It's like, the gatekeeping that happens everywhere else, it's like, it's not here. It doesn't happen here. All right, Andrew, we are coming up on time. This has been honestly fantastic. And I almost don't even want to ask the final question because I feel like I've already gotten three or four airplane banner quotes from you over the course of this conversation, but we're going to ask it anyway. So 
Jim and I have an airplane. It's got a banner on the back and you get a, basically a sentence worth of words to, and to fly in front of the home of every water professional in the world. What do you put on that banner? Every water utility professional in the world. And, and I limited to 140 characters. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, first of all, I would use a QR code like they did in the Super Bowl. And you could scan a QR code and get everyone's attention with a bigger message. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, I don't, oh, this is tough. I don't want to say make make water great again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Um, I would say, oops, I keep hitting this um, I Okay. Make water, wait. I'm trying to say like water isn't boring. Why are we making it boring? So make, stop making water boring. That's stop great. making water boring. Yep. That's what I would say. That's great. Yes. That's great. We always joke about, you know, water is a very dry subject. So we need to make <laughs> it more exciting. <laughs> that is literally what I told my NYU professor when she gave me the water topic. I go, well, this is a dry one. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to your career in water, Andrea. We are glad to have you, by the way. And thank you so much exactly. for being here. Exactly. Thanks thank so much. you for asking me, guys. I'm really thrilled. Thank you so much. Thank you.